This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. Jeremy and Eric here with Bucket Talk, powered by Brunt. This week we have James Smith, also known as Lion Dad. He deals with wolves and lions. And before we get into it, Eric, what's been going on? All right. So we're just coming off a bender four weeks in a row of NASCAR. We did a swing. You and I started down in Daytona. We had some of the team that went out to California, Fontana Racetrack, Las Vegas Speedway, and then uh, finished up you and I in Phoenix. It's been one heck of a ride. Yeah, yeah. We we wrapped the Brunt car, uh, number 91. It's been crazy. Got people in the pits, sitting on top of toolboxes. We watched the wreck go right through the pits down in uh, Daytona, which was insane to watch from our vantage point. You know, all in all, we got some people that have been with us since the beginning to come down, enjoy, hang out with us, share some drinks, had a good time. That's so that's the best part, getting to invite people that either supported us, mostly really a bucket talk yeah. early on yep. and, and also a brunt. And uh, as much as we get to enjoy it, it's more exciting to see how much these people enjoy it and uh, it make a lot of friendships and meet people in person. Yep, yep. Let's get all into right, it. Let's get in. Today we're here with James Smith. He goes by the name Lion Dad on social media. Welcome, James. How's it going? Good, good, good. I'm actually really excited for this. It's a little bit different from what we normally do, but I am super excited with, you know, we got people that follow us that are farmers and work with animals and you work with wolves and lions and I want to hear more. So how'd you get your start? So I've been doing it mm, 17, 18 years with animals in general. First animals I ever started working with was I was volunteering at Humane Society and Vet Clinics just to be around the animals. First paid job, I was a stall hand. I cleaned between 12 and 16 horse stalls every other day. So that's where I got started with the animals was just being around horses because Even with me working with the big exotics, horses will always be one of my favorites. Right after high school, I was out in Branson, staying out there for a couple weeks, ended up finding a small zoo, figured, why not? I'll fill out an application. We'll see where it goes. And the owner, the next day, I turned the application in, paid, went through the facility again, was stopped on the way out, and he's all... Well, you don't have a whole lot of experience. I go, no, I've worked with house dogs and cats and a little bit with horses. I go, but I'm a quick learner. He goes, well, the one thing I can give you is we've never had someone go through the facility twice in two days and fill out an application. He goes, most people come in, they fill out the application because they want to work with animals. And that was 16 years ago. (laughs) And what was he getting at? Was he getting at that it's so much harder, so much different than what people expect and they just leave or? Oh, it is. Well, and the other problem is people, they come in with never going through a facility or never seeing the animals and taking the time. And they just want the whole bragging rights of, they think they're going to get a job and the next day start working with lions and wolves and all that. And it's not that I put in, 
probably close to a thousand volunteer hours before I actually for sure had the job. Yep. Yep. It's not a job you do for the money. It's a job you do because you're passionate about it. I jokingly tell everybody you'll make more money per hour flipping burgers at McDonald's, especially nowadays than you will working with animals. Uh, it's a hundred percent true. Uh, so a uh, little known fact about me is that I own a equestrian property up in Maine. Same deal. You know, the people that come in and help us do stalls or chores or whatever. Yeah. They can make twice or three times the amount of money, but they do it for the love of the animal and the care of the animal. Yeah. It's definitely a, uh, a labor of love, if you will. Absolutely. So, uh, take us through a day in the life. What do you do? So start, you punch in, what are you going after? Are you cleaning pens or are you feeding the animals? How's it going to go? So I get started about seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning at yep. my house. I've got my dogs and then I've got a fish tank. So I start off taking care of animals before I even get to work, <laughs> but start work around nine, nine thirty. Of course you do the walkthrough for, checking to make sure all the animals are good and there's nothing wrong with anything. And then we start with the morning feedings, changing the waters, scooping poo, getting the facility ready for the general public. We open the doors at 10 a.m. And then it's literally walking through, checking the animals, talking to customers, making sure customers are being respectable of the animals and the environment. We do that until about five, and then I come home around five thirty, six o'clock, and that's and six days a week. That's a grind. I mean, it's definitely, definitely hard work and rewarding. You're in with the wolves daily, right? Oh yeah, and the big guy that I do most of my videos and all my account stuff with, I've been with him since, well, since the moment his mom pushed him out. I've been around him his entire life. They'll be nine years old next month. Wow. They're big. He's a big boy. (laughs) So where did they come from? Well, I should say, where did the mom come from? So mom was actually born on our site also. From what I understand, the grandparents originally came from a wolf facility, I believe in Illinois. Mm -hmm. But mom was born on site. And then the pups, she had a couple of litters. And for one reason or another, she just decided... She didn't want to be a mom. So I ended up bottle raising these guys from three days old. That's insane. I heard with wolves and coyotes that uh, they can be somewhat domesticated, but they cannot be domesticated completely. Is that true? That's my opinion. I agree with it. Like you'll see the same tendencies, like the affection and yeah, the body posture and all that. But I tell everybody at the end of the day, it's still a 125, 130-pound wolf. (laughs) You're comfortable working with them every day? There's days where I give them their space. Like, that's what I love compared to, like, going in with the big cats and working with them versus, like, working with the wolves. I feel the wolves are more, if you pay attention, they're more of an open book than what the cats are. It's kind of the same thing as, well, you're domestics. Your domestic house cats are more of a closed book than what your household dog is. And I think it's the same with the big guys. And there's days they'll let you know, hey, I want my space. 
Well, like I said, it's a 125 pound wolf. He gets his space. I don't bother him. I guess I can uh, relate to it on a smaller level. I mean, my cats are more guarded. It's, you know, we got a couple of barn cats and stuff like that, but you know, their dogs are in your face and with you all day long. How would you tell when they need their space or it's just from years of experience? His body posture changed, but nine times out of 10, his, uh, and it's weird to put it this way, but he gets a cat mentality. If you took like the mentality of a cat and put it in a 125 pound canine, mm-hmm. that's about how it is dealing with the wolf. He gets the attention and all that when he wants to be affectionate, but if he doesn't want attention or want nothing to do with you, he'll stay at the opposite side of the enclosure and he won't even come near you. Like oh, right. you can walk right past him. He'll ignore you. Won't even look your way. Once in a while, he'll get, uh, if you're walking towards him, he'll curl his lip a little bit and show a little bit of canine. It's like, okay, you need your space today and I'll leave him alone. So are wolves like coyotes in in the sense that, so coyotes are pretty much, they kind of stay away from people and, and things unless they're threatened. Are wolves the same way or are they more aggressive? I think they're less aggressive than coyotes because I've oh, known... Really? I've known people that have seen like wolves out in the wild and I've been told they keep their distance. I had the pleasure of talking to a guy. Well, it's probably been six or seven years, but he got to study wild wolves like in Yellowstone. And he said, you could be 25, 30 foot from those animals. And they're like, okay. And he said, for the most part, they'd ignore you. And it also might be because they were kind of used to people being around. But I've also heard stories of, a guy that I used to work with, his dad was trapped on top of his tractor for five hours by eight coyotes. They wouldn't let him down. Oh, really? We get packs that roam through here every now and again, but they usually just bask in the sunlight. And then when you go outside, they just run away. They're never, yeah, never I've, really. I've seen that too. We had a lot of them out in uh, Branson, Missouri. I lived uh, right on the outskirts of Mark Twain National Forest. We came home one night late. And we counted, there's 10 to 15 coyotes in that one pack. And they walked 35, 40 foot away from us, just like we weren't even there, could care less. Wow, that's insane. So you started off just like cleaning stalls and everything. How was the transition to now working with big animals and being trusted to do so? How would somebody that was in your shoes that wants to work with animals that has that kind of mindset, that hard work ethic, how are they going to be able to approach that hiring person and say, Hey, you know what? I want to do this and then get to where you're at. It's a 95% no of 5% chance of yes. I tell everybody, even the people that come through the facility or all the people that message me and comment, how do we get this job? It's one of those, you've got to try. It's a hard job to get, but you're going to hear no a lot. But when you finally get that yes, it makes all of it so worth it. And they've got to realize you're going to start small with mucking stalls and scooping poo and helping prep food. Like we've got employees that work for us that it took them a little bit to realize, but they're not going to get to work with the big cats and the wolves. They deal with more customer-based stuff they deal with the making sure the customers are happy helping with the hands-on helping with the encounters that we allow customers to enjoy when they come to see our facility it's not a guarantee that just because you get your foot in the door you're going to get to work with big cats and because of shows in the way 
laws are getting ready to change, it's going to become exceedingly more difficult to work with big cats than anything. Now, working with wolves, I have a handful of friends that volunteer at facilities that have wolf and wolf dogs. And those are relatively easier jobs to get. But the Mm -hmm. hard one's going to be working with those big cats. Oh, wow. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a couple of wolf facilities up near us. And, you know, 1% all the way up to, I don't know what the the max is, but probably 50 to 90%, I would say. Right? Yeah. And there's a few of them up here. But, you know, the only other place that we have up here is like the main wildlife preserve where they do have some animals and but mainly it's deer and uh, moose. So <laughs> I guess it all depends on what part of the country you're in too. Oh, definitely. Like you get out towards Florida's got a handful of places. Colorado's got a handful of wolf places, but you get further over towards California. And that's where a lot of your rescue facilities for the wolves and all that are same with Texas. Texas has got a handful of facilities also. It just depends on where you're at. It's one of those jobs You've got to almost be willing to uproot your life and move to get that job you want. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of which, where do you picture your career going? I mean, is this it? Is there more? Do you want to open up your own facility? Where do you go from here? It's a very common question. And I always stumble with that answer because it's, (laughs) well, in the day and age of social media and being an influencer and all that, Everyone goes, oh, you can make so much money. You could be making enough money to run your own facility, which if I wanted to put the effort into it, I probably could. But I hate to sound weird saying it, but I'm content and I'm happy with where I'm at. If I continue to do this for the rest of my life, working underneath someone and just raising animals and spreading the, the positive side of these big cats and these wolves... I'd be completely fine with that. I'd be okay with it. I've thought about the whole owning my own facility. I know what goes into it just because I've been with the company for so long. I want nothing to do with that. That's a lot of stress and a lot of paperwork. (laughs) No, I mean, it it completely makes sense. With you guys, there's probably a ton of grants and, you know, government regulation that you got to deal with. I mean, we see a little bit of it, but not, you know, ours is more hobby driven and but for you i mean i'm sure there's fundraising and a whole bunch of other stuff that you got to do to keep the facility going it's not even just like a a customer pays business it's you know there's more behind the scenes to there's a lot yeah and and maybe this is where you get your side hustle on maybe you work you come up with a small farm or or something along those lines and still work with the big cats at, at a facility you know what i mean yeah definitely Wow. This is awesome. I love watching your stuff. It's pretty cool seeing all the the wolves and everything. How many wolves do you guys care for? We've got nine at this facility. And then we've got, I believe, five, five or six at our other facility that is still in Branson, Missouri. Oh, nice. So you, you bounce back and forth between two? Uh, no, I normally stay out at the Stanton facility. I'll go out yeah. to the Branson facility every now and then, but not as often as I used to because all the wolves that I've raised or dealt with over the years are all out here. The ones that they've got at the Branson facility are newer pups that are 
a little over a year and a half old now. Crazy. So what else do you got there? So when you talk about big cats, what's the breed or species of animal that you have there? We've got two species of tiger. We've mm-hmm. got the two big lions, a lion and lioness. And then we've got two partial hybrids that were, they came with our male lion. And uh, so we've got six big cats. And then we've got a handful of small cats. Like we've got a baby mountain lion. We've got a couple servals. But other than that, it's mostly your smaller run-of-the-mill zoo animals, like your goats, your llamas, the wolves. We've got dingoes that we put people in. We've got sharks. I've got reptiles and birds that I take care of. It's a little bit of everything. That's insane. And (laughs) what's crazy is you learned all of this on the job, which is even more amazing. So like for somebody who's, who's trying to get into this, you know, you don't have to have that big, long, you know, resume. It's just hard work and, and determination to try to get yourself a spot. Oh, absolutely. It's something you've got to be willing to put all the effort and energy into getting that job. If this is a job you want. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, that portion of your life is amazing, but today is actually your day off. What do you normally do on your days off besides podcasts with us? (laughs) Hang out with my dogs and sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing interesting. That's it. I try to go hiking when I can and I'll take the dogs out hiking, but it's a lot of catching up with house cleaning and giving my dogs the attention they don't get when I'm not at home or going and visiting family. Cause where I'm at, I'm lucky to have most of my families within a 45 minute to an hour drive of where I'm at. So, and, and you have what German shepherds as dogs. Yep, I've got two German Shepherds. They're both a little over two years old. They're little monsters. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so comparison-wise, how do your wolves behave versus your German Shepherds? Do you see a lot of similarities, or are they completely different? to prefer dealing with the wolves. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you get into, like, puppy-wise, when they're all being raised up, the Shepherds are ten times easier to deal with than a wolf puppy. Wolf puppies are... They're like a Belgian Malinois on crack. <laughs> they're, they're little tiny sharks with sharp teeth that are about the size of ankle biters. And they just grab everything they can. Wow. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> yeah, I got myself a big farm dog here. I got a, a year old Great Pyrenees what an Anatolian Shepherd mix. We've got one of those. She's almost two years old. Yeah. My ours there's oh, six wow. dogs between me and my roommates. Jeez. Yeah. So our guardian livestock dog has, has eaten chickens already. She hasn't really, <laughs> she hasn't really guarded anything. She's more eating it. She's eating a Buffalo chicken pizza. What else you've eaten? She's more <laughs> just, she's hysterical, but yeah, she thinks she's a lap dog. She's a, you know, over a hundred pounds and she's a year old and she thinks she's a cat. We've got a couple of her wolves that are like that. Even the big cats, uh, Zella, our female lioness. I haven't been in with the big cats for about a year and a half, maybe two years. Once they got around two years old and yeah. they were still in that kitten mode, well, like I try explaining to people, yeah, there's people out there like uh, my buddy Shandor and all that. He works with big cats. He's on TikTok and I think Instagram as well. He works like with full size lions. Like he just lays around with lions and cheetahs and all that in South Africa. 
I feel more comfortable with the canines versus I do the felines. And the problem with our cats are they're two-year-old kittens. So our two-and-a-half, three-year-old male lion is 300 pounds of kitten. (laughs) (laughs) And he runs and he bounces and he plays like a small house cat would. That's hysterical. Oh, it's hilarious to watch. You just don't want to be on the receiving end. Yeah. Yeah. They still align at the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. This has been fun. I've, like I said, I've been wanting to interview you because it's just something different. Usually we, we got the carpenters and the electricians, but to be honest with you, the blue collar and the trades, they expand out further from, you know, I mean, caretaking of animals and what have you. And you still need those same skill sets and, and, and work ethic and values, um, to do what you do. And thank you for being on the show. I do want to take this time to give our audience anything where they can find you, you know, where you work at, whatever, anything you want to plug at this time. So both my social medias is lion dad underscore 1987. That's TikTok and Instagram. That's where I post the most. I mm-hmm. tried to venture out to YouTube. I get bored. But I am in Stanton, Missouri, and the name of the facility I work at is Wild Animal Adventures. Awesome. Well, James, thank you. This this has been fun. And when we come out to Missouri, we got to come take a look at, oh, at your yeah. place. Absolutely. I'd love to have you guys out here. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. 